Before we get started with the show, I just thought I would let you know there will be some swearing in this episode of The Best Movies You've Never Seen. And we thought you'd like to know that before the show started. You might have kids in the car. Anyway, you've been warned. The show will go on. <laughs> anyway. It's not us. It's, it's not us. It's Hollywood. It's not you. It's me. It's not us. It's Hollywood. Anyway, on with the show. I'm going to make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennec. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to The Best Movies You've Never Seen. My name is Stephen Fennec. I am the dedicated movie nerd of the show, although this week I think we should be renaming the show because we're talking about a movie that my co-host Trevor Long has actually seen before and more than once. And not only that, but I rate it in my top two or three without wow. any hesitation or question. But your top... You're, I think your top two or three are the only movies you've ever seen. Is that right? <laughs> That's kind of it, isn't it? So It's Cars 3, <laughs> The Great Escape and Shawshank. Which, which he reckons is better than Star Wars. It is. And what was the other one? Shawshank Great Escape. and Great Escape. I'll have to cover Great Escape as well. But in this instance, we're talking about the Shawshank Redemption, released in 1994, okay. based on the Stephen King short novel, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, very good. Was the name was the name of the short novel, which I've read, surprisingly. I've read that. <laughs> was directed by Frank Darabont and starring Tim Robbins and good old Morgan Freeman. I think I'm a massive Tim Robbins fan. Yeah, Tim Robbins went on to win an Oscar after this for Mystic River. Was also in Top Gun. Did you know Tim Robbins was in Top Gun? No, I did not. Yeah, he. Uh, I'll, I'll explain that when we cover Top Gun. But Tim Robbins, tell me if you agree with this, right? Tim Robbins once credited the movie, The Shawshank Redemption, as being, and I'm quoting him, a uniquely non-sexual love story between two men. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's a, quite a friendship they developed, don't you think, him and Red? Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a lovely story in that sense. Yeah. yeah, I like it. The Shawshank Redemption first had a limited release in North America. It, it opened on September 24, 1994, in just 33 theatres. And it received a wide release, which is 910 additional theatres, on the same date 
that Pulp Fiction opened. Oh, really? So it's up against Pulp Fiction, and that was on October 14, 1994. Funny enough, both movies nominated for seven Oscars. Yep. Uh, and both went on to be in the top 10 IMD, IMDb's top 250 movies. Okay. Uh, but uh, they had slightly differing fortunes, which we'll talk about on, on, the, on the Shawshank side. So, look, I don't need to ask you your first impressions. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you your impressions of this movie. And I, th- I, I know it is one of your favourites. Yeah, I think going into it before we get into the unpacking and spoiling it, but... Like I knew, I I remember this movie. I th- I think fondly of this movie as a a prison movie, um, with a story that kind of just escapes prison, not in the in the spoiling yes. sense, but yep. most of the messages, most of the all the underlying stuff about this isn't really about prison. Yeah, it's about life. Yeah, and that that's I think why it hits so hard. I. This is this is weird, but I find this to be quite an emotional movie to watch. Absolutely, There's a lot yeah, in it. That absolutely, way. I think the reason I like this movie is because of its. Uh, I love the sort of the character who comes in and changes stuff. You know how like yeah. uh, the, Andy Dufresne comes to prison and then all this stuff changes for the people that have been there for a long time. Yes. Like you know the library the and positive does all this impact stuff. one yeah. person can have on and it changes like them a little bit, doesn't he? That's so right. and, and yet he still uh, he has his own kind of arc in it as well. Yeah, which we know how it culminates. But uh, the movie was nominated for seven Oscars, as I mentioned: best picture, best actor for Morgan Freeman, okay. best adapted screenplay, best cinematography, best sound, best film editing. Best original score, one nothing. That's outrageous. But who won best actor against Morgan Freeman that year? uh, I think it was. I don't know. That was nineteen ninety four. So I'll have to look that up. But I'm I'm surprised it wasn't nominated. uh, The best uh, Frank Darabont wasn't nominated for best director. Okay, it was such a well directed movie. I thought he was dudded, Frank Darabont. Uh, Now here's the thing with this movie, right? Initially, it was a flop. Really, it did not make money. It made eighteen million dollars. Which didn't even cover cost of production. It did another ten mil after it received all the Oscar nominations. Another ten million, but overall, box office office flop. flop. Now Morgan Freeman had a theory about this. He cited he reckons the film's difficult name was a major reason for this. Right. So the Shawshank Redemption. It's quite a mouthful, but also too, I think. The thing that makes a movie a success today is word of mouth yeah. and you know social media and all this stuff that can just make a movie a hit. Back in '94, that wasn't there. It just didn't have that word of mouth. That yeah, right. it didn't didn't have the opportunity to go viral. So I think that that sort of plays against so it. So when but did it when did it it pick up? Well, despite its failure at the box office, right when it came out on VHS, <laughs> Warner Brothers just in the US alone. Shipped three hundred and twenty thousand rental copies. It was. It was. They said it was just not in line with its performance in the theater. So it's this movie that defied its theatrical run to become this other this cult movie after its box office run. Wow! So the film became the most rented video of nineteen ninety five, <laughs> and the highest grossing video rental of all time. Wow! Despite its failure at the box office, so it became a Post box office, a lot of films do that. A lot of films that are popular today weren't that weren't hits at the box office. Just like this is the best example, and this movie was voted number four on Empire Magazine's 500 Greatest Movies of All Time. Wow, number four out of 500 movies. Wow, 
Well, this is your last exit before the freeway. If you haven't seen this, it's been out since 1994. You do have the opportunity <laughs> to do that. You can, if you haven't seen it, watch it on Fetch. Yeah, and uh, Fetch is a great way to watch your movies. You can do what I did and just uh, press the voice control on the remote, ask for the Shawshank Redemption, which, by the way, it interprets beautifully, written well on the screen using voice recognition. And then you get the option of uh, renting it uh, from the Fetch movie store, watching it on Stan, um, or buying it on the, on the Fetch movie store. And this, for me... As I've said, one of the ones I would definitely put in the buy category so that it's always part of your movie library. So on Fetch, whether it's catch-up shows you've watched, whether it's movies you've bought, things that you've done on the Fetch box become part of your library so they're easy to find in the future. I often see my kids when they're thinking, we're going to watch a movie, they open up Fetch, they go to my movies and they just scroll through all the movies we've bought because it's basically our library of movies. A great way to watch movies. If you haven't got a Fetch box, ask your internet provider if they provide Fetch. If they don't, go to JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman and the like and get yourself a Fetch outright and uh, plug it into the internet and get streaming today. Well, I'd normally ask you at this point of the show your impressions after your first time <laughs> watch. So let's. Is there anything you got out of this in this latest watch? Is it What, what, what stood out to you? Do you know what? I'm going to... You're going to hate this because this, this uh, reinforces my weirdness in terms of memory, but... I found this as suspenseful as every other time. Okay. I really did. I'll tell you the the, the part that, that reinforced that for me was uh, watching Morgan Freeman's character look for the little tin under the rock and wonder yeah. what was in it. Like, I'm... I'm yeah. on the edge of my seat. You still, yeah. That's how crap but my that's memory so, but, is. But, but the, I don't think that's your memory. That's a sign of a good movie. It's just like it's just like I can watch Seinfeld and still laugh every time at it. That's true. Oh, that's a sign of a good movie. I, I think that the thing that I heard more when I watched this one was that... The story of Brooks and Red, and the yeah. you know the impact of incarceration on a human institutionalization, being. institutionalized yeah, incarceration. Yeah. So yeah. I think that stood out for me more this time than yeah. previous times, and I wonder whether that's because it's one of those movies that there are so many threads, arcs, yep. you know, different things that allows you to really appreciate several times. Would your tweet be any different on this one? What would your tweet say? My, on my your... tweet is just simply: Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest movies of all time. And it's easily one of the most rewatchable movies of yeah, all time as right. well. It is. And yeah, you, you think about it, not in terms of action, like normally, like I'm a big fan of action movies and yeah. sci-fi movies, and yeah, there's spaceships and explosions and car chases. Yeah. In this movie, there's it's people talking. Yeah, and it's 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 your it's you it's the characters it's all you, of that. And you think about a prison movie. Yeah. Now there's a couple of incidents of you know great escape. Of, you you love a prison movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of incidents here which we'll get into. You know where where Andy is, is assaulted, but yeah. outside of that, there's no big prison brawls. Um, yeah. Yeah, do you know right. what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of the, yeah. the standard prison stuff. Yeah. It's character there. development and, and yeah. character interaction, and that, that's really and, and, and that's the and this that's movie magic. spans decades. It does. That's yeah, the think, other thing yeah, about it. You're right. Exactly right. Well, I watched this at the movies. I was one of the few people who actually saw <laughs> it in the cinema, and I'm a big fan of Stephen King as well. So anything that is that he, what? So what drew yeah. you to the movie? Well, the fact it was based because I'd read Stephen I'd King read book. Reed Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, and I think I've got to see this. I've got to see this. As a so movie. when it was a short novel. Yeah, like how big? Like, it was like a, I think about 120 pages or something. Oh, okay. So it's quite short. So how much of this yeah. story is in the book? Yeah, 95. percent oh, Yeah, 90. percent okay. it's, it's pretty faithful to the book. Wow. Uh, and I've, as I said, read the short novel it was based on. Watched it multiple times uh, at home and on on TV. I find it. It's one of those movies. It's like a bit like Sound of Music. We've discussed. 
If it's on TV, I'm thinking, oh, I've got to watch it now. Yeah. I can't not see this. I've got to watch and, it. And you end. know what? On TV, which yeah. is weird. Or on Fox to whatever. Normally, even but even on free-to-air, yeah. interrupted by ads, it's not yeah. actually ruined badly. Still plays well, you know, yeah. You're coffee right. break, uh, supper break, whatever you want. Because you know, <laughs> it's not that pacey. No, you're right. You're right. It's actually interruptible. Absolutely right. Let's look at the cast. Tim Robbins plays Andy Dufresne. Dufresne. He won an Oscar. I for, love the way Morgan Freeman he says does, Dufresne. Yeah. Mystic River. He won an Oscar for Mystic River. He was also in a movie called The Player, which is one of my favourites as well. It's kind of, he plays this Hollywood executive. Really good movie. Uh, had a small role, as I mentioned, in Top Gun. He was, uh, I think he was Iceman's offsider. Down huh. at, or was, uh, he's, he's definitely in Top That's a good trivia question. It was Tim Robbins in Top Gun. People go, no way. And he, he's actually in it. Morgan Freeman plays Red. Uh, he was in Seven. Have you seen Seven? With Brad Pitt? No. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Million Dollar Baby, he was <laughs> in with, why you with, that. with Clint Eastwood. He wins an Oscar for this, Best Supporting Actor, Million Dollar Baby. Really? Uh, he's a five-time Oscar nominee, you know, Morgan Freeman. How many, only won one? Only won once, yeah. Wow. But five-time nomination, not bad. Bob Gunton plays Warden Norton. James Whitmore plays Brooks. Now, he passed away in 2009, James yep. Whitmore. Uh, he was in uh, Asphalt Jungle and another movie that we've done on the podcast early in the piece... He was in Planet of the Apes. Yes, you remember you pointing that he out. He was to president me. of the court in <clears throat> Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah, the middle one. Yep. James Whitmore, Brooksy. Now, it wouldn't surprise you that there are a lot of people who were put up for this movie, who were, were considered for the movie. And some of the names are pretty big Jeff Bridges, yep. Tom Hanks, right. Kevin Costner, Tom Cruise, Matthew Broderick, Nicolas Cage. Costner and Hanks, I can see. Johnny Depp. Charlie Sheen, all considered for the part of Dufresne. Tom Hanks actually turned it down because he was committed to make Forrest Gump. But Tom Hanks comes back to Frank Darabont's other Stephen King prison movie, The Green Mile. Oh, wow. So Frank Darabont directed that too. That's based on a Stephen King uh, novel. Though I remember at the time it was released in parts. It was like a six-part novel. You had to buy each part separate. So, uh, and, and Costner turned it down. He loved it, but he was uh, making Waterworld at the time. So I don't know if Big he mistake. pulled the right rein there. But uh, Hanks, as I said, still made a Stephen King prison novel, but it was The Green Mile instead. Uh, before we get to the run-through, let's hear from our other great sponsor, Hisense. And look, you can't watch a great movie. You need to watch it on a great big screen. Go and big Hisense, or go home, folks. Hisense has a range of TVs up to 85 inches. And I, I remember I've talked to a couple of friends about buying a Hisense TV, and they, and they were thinking about the 75 inches. I said, listen, <laughs> go, do, trust me, just go 85 inches. And every person has said, you know what, you were right. Absolutely. They're very happy they went that extra mile as you will be too. Hisense TVs offer great picture quality. They've got Dolby Vision, so you can have great picture quality, and Dolby Atmos, so they also sound great as well. Quantum Dot technology as well, so the picture quality is superb, uh, especially if you're watching in 4K, but also the Dolby Atmos for all those movies with the great soundtrack, so you can hear sounds coming from all parts of the room. The other good thing about Hisense TVs as well is the VDAR operating system, so you can get to your content really quickly, and all Hisense TVs come with a three-year warranty. I think it's, it gives customers peace of mind that the company backs their products for three years. So if you're considering a TV, as we like to say around here, go, go big, big or, or go, go home. home and consider a Hisense. If you want to check it out further, Hisense.com.au. Righto, strap in. We're going to go through the run-through right now, and it starts off 
we see a, uh, it, it's a sort of mysterious little start. There's a car yeah. outside a house. It's like there's someone's on a stakeout. Funny, I don't remember this part yeah. like, at all. I'm like, I'm watching this going, am I the right movie here? <laughs> well, it turns out that's Tim Robbins in his car. He's drinking. He's got to get a gun out from a glove box. You're thinking, what, what's going on here? You realise so this is... Immediate the, this intrigue. Is, now, now, having fast-forwarded and knowing that this is a prison movie, it's like, okay, this is the moment where he's going to is have he committed, committed crime? some crime, yeah. right? The, um, the, the move into the courtroom, though... Um, there's this whole talk about you know his wife's taking a lover. This is this is again. I'm watching this going. How long is this court scene? That's yeah. that's what struck me. I'd kind of forgotten about this really critical but you know yeah. important little little and intro part. What what the the crime is that his his wife who he who she was stepping out having an affair with the golf pro, turns out that uh, both both are killed, uh, shot uh, multiple times, and uh, they they pin the crime on him. When they arrived, he went up to the house and murdered them. No, I was sobering up. I got back in the car and I drove home to sleep it off. Along the way, I stopped and I threw my gun into the Royal River. I feel I've been very clear on this point. Well, where I get hazy is where the cleaning woman shows up the following morning and finds your wife in bed with her lover riddled with 38 caliber bullets. Now, does that strike you as a fantastic coincidence, Mr. Dufresne, or is it just me? So he he describing. He By also, the way, Chuck Rhodes Senior. Yeah, that's right. Out of, out of I'm watching. I paused yeah. it. Went. Who is this? And he's also in the Green Mile. Wow. He's one of the office the, the guards okay. in Green Mile. So he does. He's Sorry, very loyal, from, from Billions. Yes, go on. So uh, yeah. So but we find out that the the uh, court in court they says it was eight shots. Eight shots. So yeah. he had to stop and reload. So it was a like a because they do show him with the gun. And as soon as yeah. I say the eight shots, you think to yourself, anyone that's seen a, a movie with shooting, they talk about how there's six 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 yeah. in a had in to a, reload in a real in a round. So yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's not looking good for it. Yeah, so uh, the the jury's retired, but then they come up with their verdict. You strike me as a particularly icy and remorseless man, Mr. Dufresne. It chills my blood just to look at you. By the power vested in me by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back. One for each of your victims. So be it. And look, i got to say... That's a real. It's a really good line because it talks about him being, you know, basically, you know, hard icy, to read and yeah, icy. icy. Yeah, geez, he played that well, the, yeah. Tim Robbins, because he yeah. did. You watch that. There's only there's so such such a small scene. We've pretty, yeah. we've pretty much played the whole scene. Yep. Um, it's such a small scene in the court that he plays it really well because it's like, honestly, I don't know how I'd react if I was, yeah. you know, wrong, you wrongly that? accused. Yeah, exactly. Right. If I was accused of murdering my my wife. I can't imagine, you know, just sitting there going, well, it didn't happen. You know, like, how do you expect him yeah. to act? Because the bloke is being yeah. put on trial for his life over the death of his wife, which he claims he didn't, didn't do. Yeah. Plays it well. Absolutely right. Uh, so then now we 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 actually taken into Shawshank now, and, this, uh, and Andy Dufresne hasn't arrived yet, but we do meet Red for the first time. We see by your file you've served 20 years of a life sentence. Yes, sir. You feel you've been rehabilitated? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely, sir. I mean, I learned my lesson. I can honestly say that I'm a changed man. I'm no longer a danger to society. That's God's honest truth. That's rejected too, by the way. Yeah, it's, Reject- a, it's a good rejected. It's actually really well shot in a big yeah. stamp on a bit of paper. It does, rejected. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, he he we 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 meet Red and he comes out back into the yard and they ask him how he went. He goes, oh, you know, same shit, different day, sort of thing. Uh, but they also his uh, his narration, which is again, I reckon, if there's a movie with the best use of a narrator of narration and the narrator being Morgan Freeman, yes, this is be this, is, it. this yeah. is the example of narration in a movie. Yeah, no doubt because it's um we've talked about it before with a couple other movies where there is yeah. narration by a character. Um, a Bronx Tale was one. Yes, but a few. Stand this, by me. This Again, is another Stephen King. This is a really, I don't know. There's something about his delivery. Obviously, his voice is, is spectacular, but it's also that character is so important. But the telling of the story, yeah, it is needs probably, it. Yeah, it, does it really need does it. need it. Yeah, I think too the fact that it was a adapt adaptation of a pretty short book. It needed that fleshed out. I don't think you could have taken the time to explain or to 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 write all of that so that you realise that by yourself. There's, yes. a need, there's a lot of exposition needed here and a lot of reaction and sort of soul-searching going on as well yep. that's also helped no, with I the think, narration. I'll tell you a great point where that occurs and we're skipping ahead here, but we're on the, on the roof with the beers. There's yes. a piece of narration there that makes you go, Brilliant. actually, yes. that, that was required because it, it, it was about an interpretation as opposed to Completely an acting. Completely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We find out it's 1947 too. Did you know it was that, uh, That uh, I think it was No, I didn't think I had a, 40s, a sense yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, Andy says, and again, this is kind of a prelude to what happens in the future, but he, he's asked to, he goes, I can get, I'm the guy who can get at you anything. But he goes, it wasn't until 1947 where I was asked to smuggle in Rita Hayworth. And they just leave it at that. Yeah. Which is, you're thinking, what? What? Yeah, that what, makes what's no that sense, mean? right? Yeah. But then we see the prison yard and the new prisoners arriving on the bus. So and this, they, uh, this is a moment yeah. of prison life that, that made more sense because it's yeah. like that whole, you know, aggression and the existing prisoners making all the, all the new prisoners feel like this is going to be hell. All yeah. that kind of stuff goes so on, it's, you know. And and the the guys up the the prisoners sort of looking at these new people coming out and all betting on who's going to break, who's going to be the first to cry or to break during the first night. Yeah, yeah. And Andy spots uh, and uh, Red. Red, I'm sorry, spots Andy for the first time. I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy first time I laid eyes on him. Looked like a stiff breeze would blow him over. That was my first impression of the man. What do you say, Red? A tall drink of water with a silver spoon up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. Ten cigarettes. That's a rich bet. All right, who's going to prove me wrong? So he goes on to say that the he ended up costing him a bit of money, but well, cigarettes anyway, because his first impression how wrong it was. Uh, next thing we see is kind of the prison induction where the new prisoners have walked in and they meet the warden. And I, I found it interesting. He has rule number one: no blasphemy. He's in a prison. No blasphemy. Yes. You're not going to use the Lord's name in vain. Mm. Sure, yeah, you might want to shank each other and kill each other, but you're not going to use the Lord's <laughs> name in vain. Uh, and then he goes on and talks about his next rules. I believe in two things, discipline and the Bible. Here you'll receive both. Put your trust in the Lord. Your ass belongs to me. <laughs> Welcome to Shawshank. So they are in the prison. We see these. The uh, remember they got all the, the powder, the deloused in housing, yeah. and uh, they're sort of walking naked, naked as the day they were born. I think Red says with their clothes and walking yeah. through the to their to their cells, and then the, it's lights out. The narration here, though, is probably again you, you could say it a million times. One of the best of the movie because again, it's just it's all the prisoners in their cells. It's lights out, and it's it's Morgan Freeman describing this whole night and. There's a line there where he says, because uh, the the 
big fat guy that one of them bet yeah. on, you know, cries. He calls, him, be fat, here. He calls not, him fat ass. Yeah, I'm not yeah. meant to be here. And, yeah. you know, he breaks. And yes. so they're all like, oh, we win. And, and there's a line where Red says, Andy, never made a sound. Never made a noise. Yeah, true. But Love yeah, that. I just thought of something too. The reason why the narration works so well in this movie is because it's basically being able, it gives you the opportunity to read out what Stephen King wrote. Oh, so okay. some of the stuff in the novel, like him describing, you know, the naked as the day they were born, they were marched out through the thing. It, it gives the movie the ability to use those that that because that, uh, because material. a book is written to describe use words yeah. to describe a picture which are not normally yeah. spoken when the pictures are available. A lot yeah, of Red's right. narration is Stephen King what he wrote his in this words. book, like wow. his words to describe what's going on, which I think is brilliantly done. Right. And especially this, like Stephen King's such a good writer. And Morgan Freeman has got this, this beautiful velvet voice. It's just a brilliant combination. Yeah. So, yeah, we see uh, Fat Ass, as his name, is bashed up by the guards. Andy, as you said, never made a sound. But is it true? Like, did I interpret this right? Where the guy who, you know, they roll out the next day for breakfast. Andy's spotted by the pretty boys. Yep. Is that what they call the sisters? Yes. Finds a maggot in his food. Yes. Gives it to Brooks. We first time we meet Brooks, and he gives it to his little bird that's in there. Yes. It's Jake, you know, the Very Jake strange. the crow. Yes, yes. And um, but we then they talk about the guy who got bashed up by the guards. The fat guy died, yeah, in, died the in the infirmary. So they he, he, they bashed him up and he died. <laughs> and I think Andy says, "Oh, what was his name?" He goes, "Who cares what his name was?" But well, I think we should know his name. It's pretty. F- that yeah, was kind well, of that, our that, first that's introduction. Andy's, that's our first yeah. introduction to Andy's mindset. Yes, I think we should know his name. So in the showers, though, we see, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, them asking, has anyone, I think Red asked him, has anyone got to here yet? You know, I, I, could, I think one of the sisters, no, it's, the, it's the Bog says, says oh, I could right. be a friend to you, you know, like, you know, look, stick with us and, you know. So uh, Andy st- continues to keep for himself. He sees that he's got, a, he's got a bit of maybe a fight on his hands with the yes. sisters and trying to stay away from him. But the first time he, we, we see him and Red together. And there's and this whole conversation. Nice conversation. And this is... It's one of those things. Obviously, you never want to want to live it, but it's an obvious conversation to have yeah. in the prison yard. Is why did you do it? And and there's this whole thing about everyone here's innocent. Everyone's right? innocent. Yeah, everyone of course, innocent, yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but, but you yeah. would as a, and that's why there's so many stories and it becomes relevant in this. But so many TV shows and everything where mm. you know snitches from who were bunk mates. You know, they they tell each other things and that comes back to bite them on the ass. Yes, those, of course you can have those conversations. You're locked up for decades. Yeah. But he asked to, this is where he, he says, oh, I can hear you can get stuff. And he yeah. said he asked to get a rock hammer. Yeah. And he goes, why would I want to get your rock hammer? He goes, look, if you see it, you'll not understand. It's like, he goes, well, you, what, you might bury this in the back of someone's head. He goes, look, when you see it, you'll realise what I'm talking about. He, he talks about his love of rocks. And did you notice in this scene where Red and, and Andy were having the conversation, Red the whole time was throwing a baseball? No, I didn't he see was, He was pitching a baseball to someone. The... In this movie, it took nine hours to shoot that scene. What? And Morgan Freeman threw the baseball the entire time for nine hours. Apparently, according to people on the set, without a word of complaint, he was pitching this ball for nine straight hours, but the next day turned up in a sling. His arm was so sore, it was in a sling the next day. So that's that's dedication. I don't understand how that takes nine hours to shoot. I think a lot of angles, a lot of coverage. Anyway, took a long time, but he was throwing the ball the whole time, didn't miss a beat. Wow. But yeah, ended up in a sling the next day. So we see uh, the growing interest from Boggs, and I think Red's, Red's advice is I'd, uh, if I was you, I'd grow eyes in the back of your head. Mm. Uh, and he, it, they agreed on the price 10 bucks for the rock hammer. And then they have this interesting conversation, <laughs> too. Why do they call you Red? Yeah. And he says jokingly, it's because I'm Irish. 
<laughs> now, the reason he says that is because in the original novel, Red's character is a middle-aged white Irishman in the novel. Oh, so that's like a little joke. Yes, uh, a little inside joke. So, play to those that are purists. So Frank Darabont, when he cast Morgan Freeman, uh, because he wanted that deep voice and that, that presence in the movie, he thought, well, yeah, let's just keep that in and have a bit of fun. He goes, maybe because well, I'm Irish... That was a little bit of a jab. Because it's yeah. like it doesn't. It's actually in the it's earlier scene when they when they stamp his papers. You could actually see it, but it's in in later scenes. Yes. It's his surname. There you go. Yeah, so his surname's Redding. Redding. Yeah. Redding. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, he, and I, I love his observation too. Where he says he he didn't look like he was in prison. He looked like a man just strolling in the park without yeah. a care in the world. And that was, so I think, the start of their friendship. Yep. Anyway, Red gets the hammer. Brooks delivers it with the book trolley. Uh, and we see that the hammer is actually quite small. Next scene is the laundry, and this is where he's first yeah, attacked his first, his by, first attacked by Boggs. Essentially raped by the sisters. Well, I wrote in my notes, he gets the shit beat out of him by the sisters. Yeah, But Andy sort of fought them off, and and this is the, the first sort of time jump where they describe you doing this for two years as yes. the period sort of moves through. Because it happens. You see the first thing, yeah. and then, then you see him another time yeah, walk out of the yard. Has, has a black eye. Because he he yeah. I think Morgan Freeman says from time to time he appears with, with That's right. battered and bruised. So yeah. he sort of, yeah, well, and you know what, to his credit, like don't forget he's a banker, sort of meek and mild banker. Yeah. He's kind of standing his ground, which you think, okay, this bloke, there's more to this Because that's what they show. They show him, you know, trying yeah. to defend himself. Yeah. And sometimes he, he, sometimes he sometimes he defends himself, sometimes he's not able to. There you have it. But here is, I reckon, probably one of my favourite parts of the movies is when they decide that they wanted volunteers for an outdoor detail to retar the roof. Yeah. And the names are drawn out of the hat, but I, I'd, and the, I picked this up on this watch, that it was rigged. Yeah. So red, red got red, the red, red organised it. Yeah, because he gave says, a couple of he says, because it's 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 uh, in the narration. He says, you know, May the best time to be out on working on the roof. Yeah. And he says, you know, hundred people volunteered for twelve jobs. But you see this point where Red gives a guard either some cash or something, some smokes, yeah. and they read out the names, <laughs> and they're all the guys in basically in Red's crew. So next thing we see is them tarring the roof. And the warden, uh, one of the guards, yeah, one of the guards describing about some distant relative uh, dies and left a million dollars behind, and part of his inheritance is going to be thirty-five thousand dollars, and how he's worried that if he declare, if he accepts it, he's going to have to pay. He's basically telling his he's a warden, he's a he's a a guard telling his mates that there's no point collecting the thirty-five thousand dollars because it'll be taxed and there's just you know you're going to end up with nothing. And then Andy overhears it. Step aside, Mert. This fucker's having himself an accident. You don't push him off the roof. Because if you do trust it, there's no reason you can't keep that 35000 What did you say? 35000 35000 All of it. All of it? Every penny. You better start making sense. If you want to keep all that money, give it to your wife. The IRS allows a one-time only gift to your spouse for up to $60,000. Oh, shit. Tax-free? Tax-free. IRS can't touch one cent. You're that smart banker would kill his wife, aren't you? Why should I believe a smart banker like you? So I can end up in here with you? It's perfectly legal. Go ask the IRS. They'll say the same thing. Actually, I feel stupid telling you this. I'm sure you would have investigated the matter yourself. Yeah, fucking A. I don't need no smart wife killing banker to tell me where the bear's sitting the buckwheat. Of course not. But you do need someone to set up the tax-free gift for you. And that'll cost you. A lawyer, for example. Bunch of ball-washing bastards. Right. I suppose I could set it up for you. That would save you some money. If you get the forms, I'll prepare them for you. Nearly free of charge. I'd only ask three beers apiece for each of my co-workers. <laughs> co 
co-workers. Get him. That's rich, ain't it? I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. Don't you love how he described right the beer? Bottle of suds. Bottle of suds. That's <laughs> how it's in the book. He describes yeah, it in right. the book. And because the great thing then is they, they yeah. don't muck around. They, they pretty much... You know, cut straight to that scene where they're yeah, but then they're, they're drinking, drinking straight away. I la- and I reckon that's one of the best. I think you mentioned before the Red's narration. He said yeah. on the second last day, uh, we sat in a row at ten a.m. drinking cold beer. Felt like a real man with the sun on our back. We felt like free men. Felt like free men. Yeah, because yeah. this is such a great moment. Because again, there's so much narration involved. Because Andy's just sitting there with a big smile on his face. Yeah, and he doesn't drink. Red describes the smile as being yeah. a, a, a wry smile or something. He describes yeah. his smile, and and he clearly doesn't want to drink. One of the guys does offer him a drink, but he but he yeah, knocks it he back. Knocks it back. Yeah. And they just they're just necking him. Yeah. It's just it's Bec- a beautiful day. And became a legendary thing for him. Hey, imagine yeah. that, like being drinking beer. But in again, jail. it's that it's that ability to fast forward in time in just seconds in a movie yeah. like. This it's brilliantly done um, brilliantly because that done. would have clearly been months. We show, but that's the sort of the first time we see that that uh, Andy is quite a capable guy. He's yes. got a knowledge in banking and accounting, and this is sort of where he we 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 find that out, and, yeah. and later on in the movie that plays out as well. Uh, next thing we see is. Uh, Red and Andy talking about chess. He goes, I'll, I'll yep. teach you how to play. And he says, look, I want to carve the rocks, the, the pieces. He, he, that's why he needs the rock hammer. So they he also asks for the rocks. And he also finds out, he asks Red why he's in jail. And uh, he, he says he's in jail for murder. And uh, they talk about that. And Andy gets his rocks to carve the chess pieces. Now, he's this is the first time we see the rock hammer I think he wanted to carve his initials in the wall, yeah, but you someone don't else's see... name was on the wall, so yeah. he thinks I'll carve my own name. So we just see the initials, and that's all at this point. We don't see later on in the movie that we see yes. a little bit more of what happens. But for the moment, cut to the next scene where they're watching uh, the movie. They're watching is Gilda, yep. starring Rita Hayworth, and then he says to her, "Look, I need Rita Hayworth." He gets attacked though uh, while while they're in the in the uh, they're like their little cinema setup. He gets attacked by the sisters again, and uh, the, this is the, a good line. This is the lines he uses here is pretty cool. You do that, and I'll put all eight inches of the steel in your ear. All right. You should know that sudden serious brain injury causes the victim to bite down hard. In fact, I hear the bite reflex is so strong they have to pry the victim's jaws open with a crowbar. Where do you get this shit? Read it. Not a read. You ignorant fuck. <laughs> Honey. You shouldn't. Boggs didn't put anything in his mouth. <laughs> and neither did his friends. What they did do is beat him within an inch of his life. And to spend a month in the infirmary. So at the start of that, he goes, "Are you going to take what I what I give you, uh, and put it in your mouth?" And as as Red explained, they didn't end up doing that. But uh, <laughs> the next scene was Boggs getting confronted in his cell uh, after because, after what he because, did to Andy. Because he's so he Boggs has bashed Andy essentially, yeah. but they've both gone into solitary. Yep. Um, but when they both get out. Now this is obviously well, where Andy's Andy was in switches. the infirmary. Yeah. Well, and this yeah. is where they've kind of switched because Andy's yeah. now being not protected, but he's he helped well, he, he helped, helped this guy. Yeah, that's right. And so there's words got around, and now it's yeah. like, hang on, how else we can this guy? We don't want to put this bloke in danger. That's right. Yeah. Two things never happened again after that. The sisters never laid a finger on Andy again, and Boggs never walked again. 
They transferred him to a minimum security hospital upstate. To my knowledge, he lived out the rest of his days drinking his food through a straw. So Boggs got what was coming to him by the sounds of that one. Yeah. But uh, once once Andy gets out of uh, in the infirmary, and they, they said he spent nearly a month in there, they uh, I think they, they found, like Red was saying, look, we owe him for the beer, you know, let's do him some. So what they did, I think they had an outside work detail. They got him the rocks to, so he can carve his chest yep. pieces. And um, he wanted to, he wanted special types of rocks so that he could make two yeah two so sets make, make two sets of the chess pieces yep. and he got his item as well Rita Hayworth and his rocks and there was a little note from Red saying no charge welcome, welcome back. back that was nice that was a nice touch uh, next thing we see that occasionally apparently they toss the cells so they think okay they just search randomly the cells to see what's what and uh, someone yells out cell they're tossing cells tossing cells and um, the warden comes in and uh, once they're searched his the, his cell they have a little conversation about the Bible. I think they chat about various passages. And then he goes, I heard you're good with numbers. Remember this? So the seed's planted where the warden's thinking, okay, okay, I might look- be able to use this bloke. Uh, he looks at the poster and says, you know what? I can uh, I can allow some things, you know? It's not going to be too bad. But I, I love this line. When he leaves the cell, he's holding his Bible. I almost forgot. I'd hate to deprive you of this. Salvation lies within. <laughs> so you think Which is at this critical point, later yeah, on in the movie. You yeah. think at this point you know that he's hidden the rock hammer in the Bible. Well. And he says salvation lies within. So yeah. it's quite a quite an ironic little line there. Uh, but the next thing we see though is uh, he meets up with the warden and he, I think they say, Look, you know, we, we need to find you something befitting a man of your education and they decide to assign him to reassign him to the library with Brooks. Yep. And uh, he he says, he goes, how many years have you been here? He goes, have you ever needed an assistant? He goes, no. He goes, well, here I am. But then the next thing you see is that there's one, I think it's the guard who he told about on the roof. Yes. Brings another guard down who needs some tax accounting advice. Yep. And then he says to Brooks, he says, mate, I need a paper and a pencil, please. And they sit down at the desk and I think he wants to set up a trust fund for yep. his children's education. And uh, we hear about it afterwards uh, at the next meal. And then Andy says, Mr. Deacon, you want your sons to go to Harvard or Yale? He didn't say that. God is my witness. <laughs> Deacon just blinked for a second. Then he laughed himself silly. And afterwards, he actually shook Andy's hand. My ass. Shook his hand. I near soiled myself. All Andy needed was a suit and a tie and a little jiggly hula gal on his desk. He would have been Mr. Dufresne, if you please. So it's it's just, a great moment. It's a big deal, someone yeah. shaking his hand. So they're thinking, wow, Andy, he's you know, is, got him beers on the roof. He's, he's getting his hand shaking This is also water. where Andy starts thinking, okay, what else can, what can be can done do? here? So he's yeah. thinking about, we need more books. We've got to expand the library. And I think he goes to the warden and asks for funds. Budget stretched thin as it is. I see. Perhaps I could write the state senate and request funds directly from them. As far as they're concerned, only three ways to spend the taxpayers' hard-earned when it comes to prisons. More walls, more bars, more guards. Still, I'd, I'd like to try with your permission. I'll write a letter a week. They can't ignore me forever. Sure can. But you write your letters if it makes you happy. I'll even mail them for you. How's that? And next thing we see is uh, the, him helping the guards with their tax returns. Yep. It becomes in, like a little yeah. H&R block for him. That's right, yeah, in the prison, including the wardens. The following April, Andy did tax returns for half the guards at Shawshank. Year after that, he did them all, including the wardens. 
Year after that, they rescheduled the start of the intramural season to coincide with tax season. The guards on the opposing teams all remembered to bring their W-2s. <laughs> and, and I think what happens after that, he got so busy he was given an assistant. So yes. Red became his assistant in the library. Yes. And, uh, and he keeps sending his letters. He, he stayed up with that. This is a bit sad now where it, where yeah. it escalates because Brooks kind of loses his mind. He goes nuts. He's holding one of them with a knife, and it's yeah. it's kind of a, it's an interesting moment because he's he's pointing the knife right at his at his neck, and there's a moment there where he, one of the guys yells at him, "Look, look, he's bleeding!" And it's like it's the yeah. smallest little cut, yeah. but Brooks is such a harmless man that 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 alone was enough to make him think, "What have I done?" Yeah, it's a very sad moment. So we find out that his paroles come through, and uh, but the reaction afterwards, I think, uh, prompted Red to say this. I just don't understand what happened in there. That's all. Old man's crazy as a rat in a tin shit house is what. Oh, hey, well, that's enough out of you. I already had you sitting in your pants. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Do knock it off. Brooks ain't no bug. It's just... It's just institutionalized. Institutionalized my ass. The man's been in here 50 years, Hayward. 50 years. This is all he knows. In here, he's an important man. He's an educated man. Outside, he's nothing. And it's it is you know what it, uh, at this pit point now where we see um, Brooks. This was heartbreaking when Brooks farewells the bird. Jake yeah. sends him out the window. He goes, "Okay, I can't look after him. Off you go." And the the narration is now taken over by Brooks. By Brooks, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. For this whole scene where Brooks Amazing. is out of the jail. Where he's on the bus, he's, he's like everything from just crossing the road to just a sorry figure, isn't he? He's Did just, you notice how tightly he was holding on the bus? Like he was just terrified. Yeah, he's on the bus. He's been, yeah, he's been in jail all his life. Basically, and seeing him trying to cross the road yeah. as well. Yeah, dear fellows, I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. I saw an automobile once when I was a kid, but. Now, they're everywhere. The world went and got itself in a big damn hurry. <laughs> so it's we, basically yeah. the narration is his letter to the boys. Yeah, and, and um, he's in the halfway house yep. bagging groceries. He says, oh, you know, I tried my best, but my hands hurt. He and, talks about how yeah. he has trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think one of the lines is he says, I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I have trouble sleeping at night. I have bad dreams like I'm falling. I wake up scared. Sometimes it takes me a while to remember where I am. Maybe I should get me a gun and rob the foodway so they'd send me home. I could shoot the manager while I was at it. Sort of like a, a bonus. I guess I'm too old for that sort of nonsense anymore. I don't like it here. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I've decided not to stay. And the next thing, yeah, we see him sort of getting up on the thing, and this is this is great directing, out. right? Yeah. And I, 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 I would describe this as great directing. I don't know how else you'd put it because, mm. yeah, screenplays one thing, but the way you you see him, you know, open his knife, yeah, um, to to. Carve, carve his initials. You see yeah. him move, move. He stands up. Yeah. And he's carving his initials, and then it's just you just know, a shot of his feet just on a the shot desk. Of his feet on the desk, and then a 
a kind of jostling of the of the of the chair side to side yeah. to push it away and and hang himself. Man, far out. Sad that hits hard. That and you know what? That's still as many times as I've seen it. That still gets me. Yeah, still Mate, really hundred percent in the guts. I'm thinking, no, oh, that's yeah. very sad. It's such a sad thing. Yeah. Back at the prison, though, the books arrive and uh, they say, listen, Mr. Dufresne, please stop writing us letters. We're going to allocate $200 to you. Uh, and he then ends up getting donations of used books and records. And uh, it only took six years, apparently, for him to get all those books. Plays, uh, But then in this scene now, this is an interesting one where he, he gets the finds the record player and a record, locks himself in the office and plays the music over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Now, that music... Uh, is the Canzonetta Solaria from Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro. And it was Tim Robbins' idea for Andy to turn up the volume of the record player in the scene. So he was oh, just going right. to play so it for himself. In the book, he kind of just sits there listening just to it himself to and it, enjoys but it. He but he turns it up for everyone. He locks here. all the doors, yeah. turns it up, plays it over the PA, yep. and obviously the guards go wild yeah. here. And they smash the door, yeah. they open it up, and uh, they but put the whole, out. whole prison's here in the music. Because they would have heard music in their entire time in jail. So he two weeks in solitary, and he says worth every minute. And he said um, they talk about music and how it uh, it can give. Music is like hope. uh, After he gets out of solitary, he he talks to the boys about you know how how he got through the solitary. He's like, I had my music. He's got they 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 took the record player. He goes, no, it's up here. Can't take that away from me. It's 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 lines like that that are. Such they have such impact when you think yeah. about them. When you watch something like this and you try and try and trying to take it in, yeah. it's true. You know, there's things in life that simply can never be taken away from you. You know, we talk. I often, you know, when you know when someone passes away, they've got a friend who passed away or something. You know, the best thing you can say to someone is, you, you know, really sorry, but yeah. the memories will, you got them will, will never fade. Cherish you know? the memories. That's, that's right. Absolutely right. That's but essentially what he's saying. It's the first time that we that word is used. Hope. And that sort of becomes a theme of the yeah. movie. And uh, I think the comment was, oh, hope can drive. I think Red says, hope can drive a man insane. Yeah. And we see later how he's feeling where that goes. Because the next we, uh, Red, Red gets another bloody parole Another parole hearing. hearing. And, and what I like about the parole hearings is that they sound remarkably similar. Yeah. It says here that you served 30 years of life sentence. You feel you've been rehabilitated? Oh, yes, sir. Without a doubt. And I can honestly say I'm a changed man. No danger to society here. God's honest truth. Absolutely rehabilitated. It gets rejected again. Because actually, after Red's earlier rejection hearing, there's a line somewhere where one of the guys goes, yeah, I'm up for rejection next week. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. So we found out now, well, that, well, he's been in there 30 years, 10 years for Andy. So Andy's been there right. 10 years already. And this is where he gives him the harmonica. Remember he goes here? Yep. He goes, here's a nice little gift for you. Um, and then inside Andy's cell, he gets a gift as well from uh, another poster from Red about his t- for his 10-year his, his anniversary, and it's a Marilyn Monroe poster. Yes. An update. Uh, an update to the poster. But Andy keeps writing his letters as well. He hasn't given up here. He's thinking, <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. And it was as good as his word. He wrote two letters a week instead of one. In 1959, the state senate finally clued into the fact they couldn't buy him off with just a $200 check. Appropriations Committee voted an annual payment of $500 just to shut him up. And you'd be amazed how far Andy could stretch it. He made deals with book clubs, 
charity groups. He bought remainder books by the pound. So he really expanded the library and remember the thing is, oh, the, he was looking at the book, he goes, Robert Louis Stevenson, yeah, adventure, put it in this one. And they're talking about all the different yeah, classifications yeah, yeah, of the yeah. books. Um, and so we see the guys uh, helping with the expanded library. I think um, Haywood was listening to the music, the record player and singing out loud. He had the headphones, had headphones on. on, yeah. Singing it out loud. And then the next thing we cut to the warden who talks about his new Inside Out program. That was also the year Warden Norton instituted his famous Inside Out program. You may remember reading about it. It made all the papers and got his picture in Look magazine. No free ride, but rather a genuine progressive advance in corrections and rehabilitation. Our inmates, properly supervised, will be put to work outside these walls, performing all manner of public service. These men can learn the value of an honest day's labor while providing a valuable service to the community and at a bare minimum of expense to Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Taxpayer. Now there's, what I found in this watch again, there's two two trains sort of running side by side here is the warden's got his little program where he's sort of skimming off the top and yep. sort of offering work to people on the outside. Here, I've got all this labour for you, pay me. Yeah. So he's copping the money for that. But also I think Red and, and Andy have a conversation about um, you know this person that he created on paper, birth yes, certificate, social security number. He's, he's starting to explain so to Red what's going on. He's like, I've just created a whole pers- persona. Yeah. So that the, all this d- dirty dealings, all this laundering of money I'm doing for the warden can never be traced back to the warden. It's He's yeah. going to be squeaky clean because Red's thinking, dude, you're going to get caught up in this. The warden is, and he's basically saying, "No, mate, I'm very good at this. Yeah, it's all good." So it kind of lays the pl- the rail, the platform for what's a bit what's going to happen it, later. It in does the movie. help later in the very movie, but at well the time, the time, <coughs> yeah, you think, well, what's, just, what's happening? Yeah, it, at the time, it's just Andy justifying to Red yeah. that he's not going to get in trouble for what he's doing because he's very good at what he's doing. Yeah, he can cover his tracks. Uh, and then in the meantime, we meet the new prisoner, Tommy, and we learn that he uh, wants to get his high school Who's diploma. This guy? His name is his name. The actor's name is Gil Bellows. Has he been in much? Because yeah. I recognise yeah. him. He was in uh, around the time. He was in a few series and other movies okay. in the mid nineties. Uh, and he Andy he becomes friends with Andy, and he meets. Uh, he he helps teach him to get his high school diploma. And we see that uh, Tommy's taken the exam. And he thinks, oh, that might as well have been in Chinese. There's no way I'm going to be good with that. He screws it yeah. up. Remember, he screws, screws it up, thing, throws it in the bin, throws it out. But as he walks yeah. out. Andy picks it up, yeah. takes it out of the bin. But then Tom uh, tells Andy, I think Red, about a he fellow starts telling, inmate. This is actually yeah. really well shot because yeah. he's telling Red a story. Yeah. And as the story's been recounted, they cut to Andy and Red. So it's like yeah. he's telling it again. But he's only... He, this is what I love about this, 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 again, this filmmaking is he tells the story once. But in reality, he told it twice. First to Red. Yeah. And then he brings Andy and he tells it again. I say to him, I say, yeah, Elmo, who'd you kill? He says, I got me this job one time, bussing tables at a country club so I could case all these big, rich pricks that come in. So I pick out this guy, go in one night and do his place. He wakes up, gives me shit. So I killed him. Him and this tasty bitch he was with. <laughs> That's the best part. She's fucking this prick, see this 
golf pro, but she's married to some other guy. <laughs> some hotshot banker. <laughs> and he's the one they pinned it on. That was chilling watching that. Oh, movie. yeah. He was laughing his ass off, this bloke. And you're thinking, no, they, this yeah. is the guy, you think. And, and so, but, but it's well es- ex- escalated here because Andy yeah. goes to see the warden. Like, he's like, hang on a minute. Yep. This is this is big time. Oh, I've got to go. I've got to get out now. I've got to work on, you know, finding this bloke. And he goes and, and talks about it. Yeah, well, the, the he I think the conversation they have was, look, listen, this is guy's here. He's confessed to this. We can. He goes. Oh no! Chances are he's probably left already. He goes. What do you mean? He goes. How can you be so obtuse? He goes. What? What did you call me? Yeah. He goes. You're so obtuse. He goes. Look. If I ever get out, I'm not going to talk about what we're doing here. And, he, and then the, the water blows eyes, up. It's like, right? hang on a minute. What are you talking about, bub? So, but but then he's saying, he goes, look, you know, we can. Doesn't matter if he's going to if he wants to volunteer for another sentence. There's there's be him, you know, um, you know hear him sort of log, records of, records he, of his employment in, and in all the this. Very short space of time, Andy's worked out. Hang on a minute. If this guy was at the country club, he'd leave a paper trail. There'll be, be evidence. Trail, yeah. And and I can get out of this. So and this warden is just being a complete ass. Yeah, he and he gets like as a result, he gets solitary for a month. But in the meantime, Tommy gets the mail from the board of education and founds out he passed. So so during this time, so the the Andy's in solitary. I like the fact when they give him his food, he goes, "Oh, guard down, tell tell Andy the kid passed." Remember when he goes, "The kid passed," he tells him in solitary. Yeah. So his rep, his reputation with the guards is still pretty high because because the guard has yeah. gone out of his way to tell Andy that. But to yeah. cover his ass, the warden put, calls Tommy out, yeah. and asks to see him. You know, gives him a cigarette, and then uh, has a little conversation. I have to know if what you told Dufresne was the truth. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Would you be willing to swear before a judge and jury? Having placed your hand on the good book and taken an oath before Almighty God himself? Just give me that chance. That's what I thought. So the warden's put his smoke out and walked away. So rather than risk... Tommy giving evidence to help Andy. He kills him. So do you got to remember though, think cast your mind back to like at this point he's helping the warden. So he's thinking if this bloke gets out, no one can help me. So it's the ultimate selfish act. You're thinking oh, yeah. I'm thinking about me only. So stuff your chance of freedom. This bloke could give it to you, we're gonna kill him. So you don't you're never gonna get out. So you just you think about that, you think yeah, it's tragic this kid died for nothing. But the impact is Andy, the poor bastard, is stuck there. Yeah, and and that really gets to it. This a is heart wrenching. This is part this of is one part of the movie that again I picked he, it up. He he, yeah. he switches his whole persona. Yes, not because obviously his persona switches because he thinks he's innocent. He, he, sorry, he thinks he can prove his innocence. Yeah, but that's a very minor switch compared to the yeah. switch of wow. So he makes gonna, a decision. You're going to yeah. kill the one bloke that can help me here. Yeah. I'm out. So warden, oh, this prick to the warden goes to see Andy in solitary. Tell him, tells him yeah. he's a bullshit story about Tommy trying to escape and how he's dead. Uh, and he goes, oh, then he threatens to burn the books and all that just uh, if he doesn't cooperate. What he goes, or, or am, am I being, being obtuse? Am I being obtuse again? What's so fascinating? Another month in solitary. There's n- there's not a lot. Think about documentaries today on Netflix. They have those big timelines. They go yeah. back and forward in yeah. timelines. Um, this is very well done in that you know time is. Is pushing forward quickly in some instances by decades, yeah. 
but you never really get a sense of how long it takes for all these things to happen. So I love that about it. I love that it feels like it's a one year, but it's actually you know seventeen time. Y- yeah, odd yeah. years in, in in Andy's life. This next scene, I reckon, is probably the the closest I think Red and and Andy ever get. get. They're sort of they're yeah. talking it up and. Um, if it was as, says, as uh, Robbins described it, this yeah. would be the sex scene. Yeah. Well, this is a scene where their friendships confirmed. They can really talk honestly with yeah. each other. And he sort of Andy Sandler goes, I, "I drove her away, so in effect, I killed her." Yeah. So he's sort of accepting that fact that you know what, I'm never going to get out of here. Yep. And um, he says, "But that doesn't make you a murderer." They have this conversation, and um, he says, "I think they asked the end. Do you ever think you're going to get out of here?" Yeah, and and then he like, mentions, "He's like, what would you do if you yes, did? What where would you, you go? do? Yeah, exactly right. Where would you go if you did?" Tell you where I'd go. To Arton Hill. To what? To Arton Hill. It's in Mexico. A little place on the Pacific Ocean. You know what the Mexicans say about the Pacific? No. They say it has no memory. That's where I want to live the rest of my life. A warm place with no memory. Classic Stephen King. That's straight out of the book. Really? He says he wants to open a hotel and fix a boat. And uh, and then I think Red sort of suddenly the doubts come in. He said, look, you know, you can't, you can't make talk it on like the this. outside. He goes, but you've been in there most of your life, you know. He, goes, he basically look, says, mate, snap yeah, out of it. What okay, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You, not that's not going to help you. Yeah. And, and this is the this is the position of not leadership but, but um, just time. He's been in for so long. He's seen this happen to people. Yeah. But they get all these hopes up, yeah. and they're still still here yeah. for another decade afterwards. Yeah, um, and he says, "Look, you know, I've paid for my mistakes." Um, but this is but also he where he also where, yeah, describes where and, Andy as yeah. he's walking away. This is my, without doubt, my favorite part of the movie because yeah. he, he he looks at Red so seriously, yeah. and he says, "If you ever get out, I want you to go to this little town. I want you know where it is. Like he clarifies, you know where it is. Yeah. There's a cornfield. You know, there's hundreds of cornfields. No, no, this one." Is so obvious. Big tree, a rock wall. Go to the rock wall. He says, that's where I, I proposed to my wife. We made love under the tree. Yeah. I want you to go there, and there'll be a rock that just shouldn't be there. Doesn't belong. It, it just should, yeah. doesn't belong. Yeah. Underneath it, yeah. there's something there. I want you to, I want you to find it. And, but, and, and you're thinking, and, what are you, what, did yeah, you bury something there on? before you came in? Yeah, well, that's Did you imagine Red? He's, th- he's yeah, thinking, yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, no, I think... But he turns and walks away, and that's well, it. Yeah, but I think... That's what he was going to do, not what he already did. No, that's right. Yeah, so you think that he's already done it. He's going to do I it. I think the, the, your what main, he hopes to do. The point of the movie <coughs> is, the, the point here is, Andy knows exactly what he's about to do that night. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's going to do the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, through all the way to where he's going to, right? Yeah. But Red's standing there going, Yeah, exactly. Hang on, I'm going to be, the, if, if anything, I'm probably going to get out before you. Yeah. What, what's under the tree? But it's a great bit of storytelling too, though, because... This transition from here is um, he asks for a rope. Yeah. And you think, and you remember in Brooks, you think, what's going, going, on, going here? on here? So Red's scared shitless that he's gonna he's reached his breaking point. But you see also then <laughs> the Andy's narration of having the, you know, the shiny shoes and um, Andy's been all this time directing money to his own account. So you can tell, he's, remember, he switched the wrong ledger into the safe, remember, when yeah. he's doing that? And... He's, remember, he used to shine the warden's shoes, but he put his own shoes and takes the shiny shoes with him. You don't see all that, yeah. but it's but it's what 
But what but again, but learn. he's walking back to the cell. You're thinking, what does he want to be well dressed when he hangs himself? Or I remember in a few good men, the bloke dresses up in his uniform and shoots himself. So I'm thinking, is that what he wants? He wants to be at least presentable when he when he hangs himself. Yeah, but again, you don't know you don't that know. at the time because you, you don't. But he you pulls don't. out the rope though. You see him with the rope. You think, what the fuck? I know, What's going to happen? You don't see his shine. You don't see him no. wearing the shiny shoes. No, or not the at that suit point or anything. Yeah, it's, but you're wondering it at is. this at this point. Yeah. You know, I don't think you are wondering at this point. You're not wondering because he all he did was finish his job. He polished the shoes, and all you're thinking is he's going to kill himself with the rope. Yeah, and red red in his narration, he's worried about him. Yeah. And so he, I think he says, oh, that was the longest night for him. Yeah. And, there, yeah, there's a thunderstorm, and we get to the next morning. The cells, cell's open, open. As always. And he hasn't missing. come out. And I think the bloke goes, you better be dead or sick. Yeah, I'm coming up you. there, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and um, goes to check the cell. This, no, is, no. So, this is another so, awesome scene, yeah, right? Yeah, so there's little bits put together where the cell's empty. And then they the shoot water. like the way they so the, the no, but the first guy that comes in just yeah. the you know the cell master let's call him yeah. comes in and he goes oh my god and so you're thinking what is he those seeing? of us yeah. those of us that know the movie so you're looking at this guy at the door yeah, all you're seeing is the guy's face you're not yeah. seeing what the guy's seeing yes so you I've seen the movie so I know what he's what what he's yeah. seeing but I'm also thinking can he see the whatever yeah. but actually what he's saying oh my god to is the fact that he's not there yeah he's just saying oh my god. He's not here. Yeah. He's expecting him literally to be dead. And so the warden comes in, and this is yeah. legit so cool. Because but he asks Red, remember, he drags Red in. He goes, I see you, you hanging know? out. You're thick as thieves. You, what, what's going the, on? They're looking at the prison records. They're looking at who was there. Yeah. Um, he, he, he grabs the rocks. Grabs and he, his rocks. He, throw, doesn't he? he throws rocks yes. at people, and that's the critical part of the whole this movie. Is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy. And everyone's in on it, including her. <laughs> you hear the sound of the rock bouncing through it? So he eventually this puts is a, his fist through the wall. Yeah, the way he doesn't just push, doesn't just smash through it. He puts his he finger punches in. Yeah, because yeah. again, we know there's a big hole there, right? Yes. But well, at the time but, you don't. No, but we as we as viewers of the movie uh, before have have seen that, right? Yep. But the way as a first time viewer, and the way this is directed, right? He pushes his finger. Through yeah. the hole, and then it's his, and then his whole fist, and then he breaks it. Then apart. you see it's the so reverse. Well then you see the reverse shot reverse. of him ripping the thing off, and his head is just in the hole, looking down the hole. Like you see him at the end of the hole. Yeah, and then and we're it, taking. You know what that does? That demonstrates the depth. This is a, oh, yeah. like a two foot deep wall, it's even more. Yeah, and he's he's dug all the way through it. It's but ridiculous. Then then you find out though that I love the red narration here where. And talks through the whole thing. Yes. Andy escapes from Shawshank. They recreate the tunneling. So this is now the point where he he's scratching the wall. The initials. Remember at the start, he was just starting yep. to scratch the initials. This point is when he scratches you, you a big chunk of the wall comes out. Off, yeah, and he's thinking, oh, and he knows about rocks and geology and all that. And he, he feels he sees that it's soft, porous material. And he's thinking, ah, oh. he goes, I can easily get tunnel through this. Yeah, so. Then he talks about switching the ledges. We see him switch the ledges, and he that Andy says, uh, uh, "Red says, oh, his favorite thing was getting rid of his wall in the yard. Remember, he out of his bottom of his jeans, he'd, yeah. he'd dump it every day, a bit every day." And um, he also sees the which is no very, one notices his way, shoes. By the way, which is very great escape, is it? We're dumping the, the thing. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew that. I know that. Um, 
they think, well, you know, no, when you think about it, no one ever looks at your shoes. And he goes, no one noticed him wearing these shiny black shoes. Not even I did. That's yeah, what Red says. That's what Red says, says, I, yeah. I. But then we see him, he's, he's gone, to crawl through the hole. He's down near this big pipe with a big rock in his hand, waiting for the thunderclaps to disguise him hitting hitting pipe. a pipe yeah and it was he t- boom three hits and then bang the pipe opens and shit flies all everywhere all this literally. crap comes out and then he claw- crawls through pops out of what a does creek. he say 500 yeah. feet of yeah 500 feet of shit and uh, comes out in the creek cut to the next morning where he enters the bank a man nobody ever laid eyes on before strolled into the main national bank until that moment, he didn't exist, except on paper. May I help you? He had all the proper ID, driver's license, birth certificate, social security card, and the signature was a spot-on match. I must say, I'm sorry to be losing your business. I hope you'll enjoy living abroad. So we discover that he's his check that he accepts is worth three hundred and sixty thousand dollars from all the different banks. Yeah. He clears out all the banks. It totals yep. three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. But the, my favourite part is that you he, guys put he, this in the outgoing can mail. You just send this in the mail, <laughs> and you then you then see that mail being delivered yep. to what it turns out to be like the newspaper. Yeah, and it's it's again, it's so well done. It's not like you need to stretch this out over half an hour. Cut from the bloke reading the letter to the front page of the paper on yeah. the on the warden's desk. Warden, yeah. So the 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 game's up. Um, Andy leaves his Bible uh, with him as well, with the yeah. hammer cut out. Now, if you have a look yeah. close look at this, did you pause pause no, it no, here, right? No, I didn't. When the prison warden found that gets the Bible, right, and you see the cutout where Andy hid the rock hammer, it was in the book of Exodus. Exodus. Exodus is the Greek word for departure. So yes. that was appropriate, don't you think? Yes. Uh, and then next thing we see is uh, the the warden. Everyone's coming to arrest him, and he uh, he shoots himself. Kills himself. And I think the la- I think the <coughs> line from Reddy is the last thing that went through his mind, apart from the bullet, was well, how did Andy ever achieve to get all this done? <laughs> that is a great line. Yeah. The last thing that went through, his, um, he says, "I hope the last thing that went through his mind, <laughs> apart from the bullet." <laughs> yeah. But Red then gets a postcard. Yeah. From Fort Hancock. No, 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 no writing on it. No, just an address. It's just an Fort ad- Han- well, the, yeah, it's just, just a address to him. Postmark. The, well, the, the postcard is for Fort Hancock. Which that, is, by the way, was the yeah. first point of the movie I found out his surname. It's in previous. Oh, right, oh, yeah, it's Reddy, in previous. Reddy, yes. uh, it's in other uh, additional watches in the that parole. you realise it's in. Yeah. It's in other parts. Correct. That's the that's the most obvious time you find out his full name. But then uh, he just he spends some time. He looks at that postcard and remembers his friend. Those of us who knew him best talk about him often. I swear the stuff he pulled. These friends of mine could use a couple of beers. <laughs> and he got it. And he got it. Sometimes it makes me sad, though. Andy being gone. I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. Their feathers are just too bright. And when they fly away, the part of you that knows it was a sin to lock them up does rejoice. But still... The place you live in is that much more drab and empty that they're gone. I guess I just miss my friend. Man, that honestly... Classic Stephen King. That is Stephen also, King to the letter. voice. Oh, it's honestly, just brilliant. It's just, is there you can any, listen to that all day. I, I mean, James L. Jones. Yeah. Uh, what other James voices are there, are there of that ilk? 
Morgan Freeman, Orson Welles used to have a good voice. I think really? too. Orson Welles okay. was a great voice. But see, this again, this is a tipping point yeah. or a turning point for, for Red as well, because yeah. then it's fast forward to another rejection another parole hearing. hearing. Yeah, another parole hearing. But straight from the get go, he's just given up. He's just like, I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, that kid's long gone. This old man is all that's left. I gotta live with that. Rehabilitated. It's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because to tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. You know, ironic that the one where he says he's not rehabilitated, doesn't give a shit, he gets parole. He gets, parole, <laughs> he yeah. gets his parole finally. Yeah. So he gets approved. Which, which is obviously, yeah. it's made, you, made to make you think, should he have said that all along? Yeah. But it's also made to make you think, but he is also much older now. And it's, yeah, he's sometimes past what it is. It's but 40 then, years. But then you, you get this almost immediate flashback to Brooks. Yes. Red gets the exact the same prison, treatment. Yeah. Same halfway house. Same job, bagging, bagging groceries. groceries. And this is one of the great moments of the movie too. Restroom break, boss. Calls him over. You don't need to ask me every time you need to go take a piss. Just go. Understand? Forty years I've been asking permission to piss. I can't squeeze a drop without say so. That was a good line, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good. But he also then contemplates what Brooks was yeah, saying. Yeah, because the whole narration here is, parole. you know, you can see... Like, I don't think even on first watch, I felt like he was going to take his own life like like Brooks yeah. did. But that's what they're trying to make you feel. Or go back to prison. He was the you safety, know, the he, comfort he, of the He prison. looks at guns as if to say, I'm going to break my parole yeah. to go back to prison. But then he does the same thing. He pulls out his knife, yeah. gets on the chair. And but you're thinking, yeah, what's happening here? But, but what um, he does is where Brooks wrote Brooks was here, he says... Uh, red, red was too, or yeah, red, red, red was too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, red was too. But well, I think what he says, he has one thing. One thing stops him. He goes, he promised he made to Andy. Yeah. So he's now on his way to go where Andy described that huge oak tree. Yep. And he's looking for that rock, to that he described. By what the he way, say? the rock that doesn't belong. The there. rock that doesn't belong there. But bloody, he hid it well. Like he hid the rock that doesn't belong there under another rock. Not bad. He had to work for it. Dear Red, if you're reading this, you've gotten out. And if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. You remember the name of the town, don't you? Say what to nail. I could use a good man to help me get my project on wheels. I'll keep an eye out for you and the chessboard ready. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well. Your friend, Andy. So he decides he's going to violate his parole and cross the border to Fort Hancock. And on the way, he's just beside himself. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. 
I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. That's the last word of the movie is I hope. Yep. That was it there. And then you see them. I think. Don't you like how that... I think it was a really smart decision. Like you, the most obvious thing a director would have done was, you know, camera right close to them, them embracing and crying. Yeah, they come wide, they helicopter shot. way out, and you only just see them embrace as it's zooming out to the blue. Yep. I think that was really nicely yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. So the less is more in yeah. that instance. Yeah. So great ending to a movie, Mate. don't you think? Really rewarding. Eh? I don't, I mean, is it predictable? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think there's enough sort of twists and turns in it, especially you think, well, you think Andy's going to kill himself at the end, and you're thinking, Red, is Red ever going to get out? And there's enough little obstacles, you know, the whole sort of the. the now I feel uh, like I, I wish I hadn't seen it, and I could wonder yeah. what it was like to see those first things time, for the yeah. first time. Like well, that's because the because the the smart thing about that little pick that little rock hammer. Yeah. Is that you don't know that he's able to dig through a wall with it, yeah. right? You don't know the whole movie. You don't yeah. know that, re- like, yeah. that's the critical yeah. part of the whole thing, and it's it's the whole thing too. Where Aaron Sorkin famously describes him writing a script is it's about the character, it's intention and obstacle. So there is a lot of intention, but there are all these obstacles in their way, and that's classic with him. How there was his intention to escape, but all these other obstacles that he had to get through. Mm. Uh, let's talk about our favourite lines, and I think this is um, when Brooks got out, this was one part of his narration that I felt that it brought a tear to my eye because remember he had the bird? Yeah. Sometimes after work I go to the park and feed the birds. I keep thinking Jake might just show up and say hello, but he never does. I hope wherever he is, he's doing okay and making new friends. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he loved that bird, didn't he? Loved he loved that bird. Yeah. But this, I think, is probably the line of the movie <laughs> and the theme of the movie, I think. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. You're right, actually. It's it's. I talked earlier about how you that take so much out about this, but it is yeah. like it's, it's like a mantra. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know? Amazing. Um, Amazing. It makes you think about everything you do and makes you wonder, out, inside prison, outside prison, doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's about what you're doing with your day and your life and where you're going. Absolutely right. And here's the line you alluded to earlier about Andy's escape. Andy Dufresne, <laughs> who crawled through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side. <laughs> Andy Dufresne, headed for the Pacific. <laughs> so good. Sums it up. Righto. Oh. How did that happen? I think, look, I, I, I don't want to spoil a good movie, but There's there are some holes. solid plot holes, yes. right? Number one, I think the biggest question, how did he get the poster back on the hole? Yes, from how right, did he, he escaped. Yeah, how do you get the poster back? Yeah, how, how do you stick a poster know. back yeah. on the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, it could be done, I guess, but they just don't show how it could be done. Listen. And and would you bother to leave the poster there? I suppose would you? Well, would well, you bother? The, well, the way I look at that is, even if it took an extra half hour to get yeah. it back on the wall, yeah, that added fifteen twenty minutes to his escape because they stood there for that long. Potentially. Right? Yeah. Now the 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 rock hammer. I, I get that these contraband can be obtained in prisons, yep. but he had that thing for like twenty years. Yeah. Um, he worked on it. He wrote down to the nub, apparently, what he said. It'd be very rare for your cell, cell not to get tossed in such a way and for you to have the same yeah. cell for that long. But there was a I bit think. of luck involved, too, because you think about it. 
He got the sell by the If you got to sell one to the one over, he's, he's digging gone. through someone else's cell. He's going to someone cell. else's yeah. cell. Um, also, too, he would have had to crawl um, through the um, the pipe as well. So here, here is the escape, right? The escape had to have things. All these things had to go his way. Sell at the end, which we described. The thunderstorm with the right amount of thunderclaps for him to get through the pipe. Crawling through the pipe too. There's no guarantee. There's not like a a, a grill, no, in there that he he's trapped. He would have yeah. had to crawl back. Yeah. So all these things had to go his way, and they did. It's and a bit Alcatrazy, you, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. So there's all these things had to had to be right, and they were. And yeah, you you have you'll thank you. I think you celebrate the fact he got out. So they're all the only plot holes I've got. You got anything else? Oh, uh, I mean, you know. He did have a beautifully dry suit the next morning, and how he... Well, no, he had that in a plastic bag. I know, but yeah. how, how that survived that entire ordeal... The, like, Maybe. it wasn't like when he hit the hit the creek, he picked it up and tried to keep the plastic bag. I don't know. Little things Maybe. like that are Maybe. a bit of a punish. Okay. but That's all i got, though. Pretty uh, not too bad for a movie of its length. And, yeah, I think, hammer, I think there'd be more if you dug into it, but I, I, yeah. I just... I think that this is actually... It's, it's one of those things where you can kind of look past those plot holes because... Yeah. There's so much about it that oh, I just love the story. I love the lessons. I love the yep. the humility of the whole thing. Things yeah. you might not know. Stephen King never cashed the $5,000 check for the rights to the film. Now, Frank Darabont was a friend of his because what Frank Darabont uh, adapted, one of the first films he ever made was an adaptation, adaptation of a short story of Stephen King's called The Woman in the Room. Now, at the time... Stephen King would accept a dollar for potential young filmmakers to recreate his work on film. Right. That's all he wanted, a dollar. But for this movie, he charged five grand, which is nothing when you think about it. No. And, and he, but he never cashed the check. He, uh, he sent it back to Frank Darabont with a note saying, in case you ever need bail money. Love, Steve. Uh, so, Stephen yes, King Stephen doing very King, well yeah doing very very well and they uh, apparently maintained a pen pal relationship and didn't actually meet until Darabont optioned the movie the, the, the from his from his short novel would you believe this was Morgan Freeman's first time narrating a movie no this was the first time he did that now he does it a lot first time but have forget this, right? And he he says that yes, you know, this really jump started his career as a narrator. Everyone wanted him to narrate their yeah, movies, yeah, right? Yeah. But the un, unusually, what happened? The narration was recorded before filming began. Oh wow! So at the start of it. But how's this, right? They recorded the guide track right in an Iowa studio in forty minutes. They recorded it, right? But. When they played it back, the sound engineers, they found this hiss on the track that they couldn't eradicate. It was constantly there. So he had to re-record it in a proper studio. And that's the time when the second time, first time it took 40 minutes, second time, three weeks to get it right as well. Rob Reiner also wanted to option the script. Rob Reiner, remember he did um, Stand By Me, A Few Good Men. He offered $2.5 million to the rights and wanted Harrison Ford and Tom Cruise to play Red and Andy, respectively. So Tom Cruise, um, Harrison Ford would be Red, 
Yeah. Tom Cruise would be Andy. Would that be the same movie? I don't no. think it'd be the same no, movie. Tom Cruise would ruin this. Yeah, I don't think it would work. I think they got this perfect two actors yes. who looked different enough and were different enough, but yet still had something a lot in common. Yes. I reckon that Tom was Cruise brilliant doesn't, casting. doesn't come across as the, yeah. the accountant with this yes, kind of Yes, the nails. bookish accountant. Yeah, true. Tim Robbins said this seemed to have the right temperament. Uh, Tim Robbins said he spent time in solitary confinement to prepare for the role. But he said that while it was good experience, it wasn't because it wasn't the same because it was voluntary. He voluntarily spent time uh, right. in solitary as well. Um, the three hundred and sixty k that he stole from the warden in nineteen sixty six, if that was a adjusted for inflation in twenty twenty, it'd be the equivalent of two point nine million dollars. So Makes sense. Doing yeah. very well. Um, when Andy was crawling through the drainage pipe, you know, and, and me vomits, you know, there's all the, yeah. that shit. Um, it was meant to be raw sewage in there. The sludge when they made the movie was a mixture of chocolate syrup, sawdust, and water. And um, it uh, that was what was get the consistency of shit. Yes, <laughs> if you ever want to try it yourself. Uh, did you notice in the close-ups of Andy's uh, Andy? You know, the close-up he's loading the revolver. Yep. In the opening scenes, the hands are actually Frank Darabont's hands. That's not the director. That's the director's hands, not um, oh. not um, Tim Robbins. And later in the film, remember where Andy's carving his name into the wall, and yeah. the, the bit of a thing comes out. Also, Darabont's hands. What's Tim Again, Robbins got a problem with? His because hands? no, no, he said the close-ups. He did the close-ups because Darabont knew exactly what he wanted, and trying to describe that to someone else would have taken too much time. He's like, I just do it myself. So the close-up of the hands, <laughs> Frank Darabont. <laughs> <laughs> the mug shot of a young looking red. Yeah. Wasn't Morgan Freeman. Right. It was his younger son, Alfonso. Oh Freeman. really? It was his son's photo. Oh wow. In there as well. Did you notice too, red uh can get everything. Yeah. Traffic's in cigarettes. Yeah. He's never seen smoking in the movie. There you go. Never smokes. Did you notice that? Huh. The Royal River. Where Andy threw his gun. Yeah. Same river in Stand By Me. Oh. Written by Stephen King. Wow. And that's where the leeches were, remember? Yeah. That's the Royal River. Oh, that's, see, that's what I love about Stephen King's work. He brings stuff back. He, he sort of There's a lot of common stuff in a lot of his books. That's one of them. The other thing, we mentioned this on the uh, another podcast, uh, our earlier podcast about the number 237. Stephen King, it, it pops up a lot. It's Red's cell number. And it's also the room, uh, hotel room in The Shining, both another Stephen King okay. novel. Now, did you notice this thing? Very subtle. There were scenes where, especially on the roof, you can see out of the prison. Yes. And inside, there was like a couple of aerial shots as well. Remember when the music was playing? Yeah. The yard, so the prison itself was quite barren and brown. Yes. Yet the grass around the prison was as green as all get out. Right. So the grass is greener on the on other side. On the other side, side of Literally, course. literally greener on the other side. Far out. Alrighty, that brings us to the end and your wrap-up and rating. 10 out of 10, great 10 movie. 10 out of 10. I don't know how anyone could do any better. And it, and it constantly comes up on lists. That's what I, I enjoy about the fact that I love that movie is I'm yeah. not an idiot. People love that movie. Yeah. It's it's universally accepted. It's, it's just it's just disappointing it didn't do really well at the box office and at the Oscars. It, it, I'm it, fascinated it by really, that and I wonder, yeah. I wonder whether it, you know, in a stand world and those kind of things, whether you know it it could even resurge 
further with another generation. Because, I mean, Perhaps. I'll be honest, I watched it at night time. I started watching it at 7.20. And I looked, it was two and a bit hours. I opened the door in my office and said, Jacko, what time do you go to bed? I couldn't remember what his bedtime was, whether it was 9 or 9.30. He said it was 9. I said, bugger, shut the door. Because I actually, I want to watch this Wanted with Jacko. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think idea. he'd quite love it, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is, it's, it's hard to find a, a fault with this movie. It's just a brilliant film that's, that, that really holds up to, I think, the fact that it was set in the 1940s to the 60s. Yes. I think sets it, it the, the time period is locked in. It's locked. So now, even if you're looking back at it, you know that the time period it's yes. meant to be in will always be that way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't age, in other words. It's yeah, because sort of, if, if it was meant to be a modern thing, yeah. you'd pick it apart much further. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Well, next week, we're going to, uh, a bit of a departure, we're going to be looking at Ghostbusters. Hey! And the reason we're doing Ghostbusters is uh, we just found out recently that the director, Ivan Reitman, passed away. And we thought, you know, why not? We'll pay our little tribute. And okay. I brought it up the list, and we thought, well, next week, it's going to be, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters for next week. Trevor, I look forward. I'm pretty sure you haven't seen that. No, I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I, yeah, I don't know. you haven't know seen the, it start yeah. to finish, yeah. right. It was it was actually released in the 80s, so you were probably... How young were you back then, mate? Very young. Yeah, of course you were. You are probably four primary school. Old, four or five years old. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks, mate. Let's uh, Big thanks to our sponsors, Fetch and Hisense. Don't forget, Fetch to find the movies, Hisense to watch the movies in uh, big 85-inch, go big or go home. But in the meantime, we've got Ghostbusters next week. Trev, look forward to seeing you with you then. Can't wait.